Yo, 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 let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with your host Jarvis Jeffries, along with Terrence Smith and Nick Ely. The Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Follow and download to the hottest, one of the hottest podcasts going on right now in the country. It's the Great Debate Show, and we're back. We got to talk about Week 16. Uh, some interesting games, some games not so interesting anymore. Uh, we got the latest on Jalen Hurts and his shoulder injury. Looking forward to the big Christmas Eve game, or at least a lot of us were. It looks like it's going to be the, the Dallas Cowboys now versus Gardner Minshew. We was trying to, we were trying to tell Nick that on the last episode. We apologize for anybody that couldn't get last up last week's episode. Um, technical difficulties with Podbean, but we had a great episode where it seems like we only got like the last minute of a 90-minute show, a great 90-minute show. Again, we apologize for the technical difficulties and inconveniences, but we back and we want to talk about, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts not playing on Saturday uh, for the for the Eagles. We have to talk about tonight's game. I mean, the Thursday night football on Prime Video, Jacksonville and the Jets. This game was full of playoff implications, and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars still rolling. Uh, some interesting news out of Nashville. If anybody cares to know or not, the Tennessee Titans, uh, their 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 quarterback is down. Ryan Tannehill, that ankle injury, he's did all he could do on it, and now it's pretty much giving in on him, and uh, he's out, likely out for the season. It's the Malik, it's the Malik Willis show, and we're gonna see how that's gonna turn out uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Um, I have something interesting to tell you about that, and uh, a big slate of NBA Christmas games on Christmas Day. Can't wait to talk about that, uh, and then what John Morant said about the team that he is worried about or the team that he feels he has to run through. And it'll say a lot about what he thinks about the Western Conference. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, likely to be out for longer than expected. Man, it looks like that final form, T. And I don't know. Man. No, that is this this like might legitimately be his final four. <laughs> Seriously, right? Yeah, literally. Yeah, I, I, I think it's still street clothes AD for now. We, we, I was trying saying. to uh, you know boost him up, and I may have torn him down. <laughs> Worse yeah. than I Yeah. How y'all guys doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. I can't complain <laughs> at all. I icy streets, but you know what? It could be a lot worse. Yeah, well, I was about to say in the house and warm, so I, I'm You're right. I am, yeah. listen, I am not, I do not have to work on these streets. I um, was watching the six o'clock news earlier and I saw one of my old coworkers. Shout, shout out to Bria Bolden. Um, so I, of course, after her live shot, I texted her and I was like, you cold. <laughs> she was like, don't you, don't you miss it? No, I, I don't miss it at all. Right. Like, not even for a second. Right. No. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, so it is very, very frigid out out outdoors here in the mid-south it's pretty much like that all around the, the country right now with these these slow these snow blizzards these little storms that's been coming through from the pacific this northwest blast out of siberia i forgot siberia was a was a part of the world that's where it started from okay that's I, where it's where this blast came from siberia okay i, I know there was something like the, the, the pacific northwest had some had some snow and then it ended up in vegas and oh. arizona and and now it's worked its way toward the mid south, but yeah. Uh, yeah, again, good to be nice, good to be inside, nice and cozy as it is frigid out there. Uh, all right, guys. So look, Thursday night football prime video. We had the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Jets. We all went with Jacksonville, I believe, on this one. I said that both teams would be seven and eight when it was over, and that's that's it, said and done. Trevor Lawrence, 
We talked about him on the last episode on how he was really coming together. He has definitely arrived, and he's continuing to show that. Uh, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, this is what we all thought would happen at some point. And what could be happening next year? They may be overachieving, and they may get some things done this year as they are making a run, a playoff run, that is. Guys, your take from Thursday Night Football, Jets, Jaguars. Let's go with you first, Terrence. Um. You know what? I mean, I, I think that I don't think that the Jets had much chance to win. So I don't really I'll, I'll let Nick and you, and you break the game down. But I got to say this: I saw a game tonight where Zach Wilson uh, played very terrible at quarterback, like he's done for pretty much all of his career. I saw a Tim Tebow uh, uh, clone uh, come in, and he played reasonably well. And when I saw him come in this game, and I don't even, I can't pronounce his name. You guys have to help me out with that. Um, the first thing I thought was, there are some people out there who told me that Tim, and that uh, Colin Kaepernick could no longer play this game. And they lied right through their damn team. That was the first thing I thought about. And I'm still on that. Uh, if, if, if this uh, Tim Tebow copycat can, can play, I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick can play today. I don't know. I'm not even, I don't even know if he's trying to play. That's beside the point. But there was a point in time, what, four or five years ago now, where some, there, there, a lot of people told us he couldn't play anymore. They lied. That's all. Nick, you can have the game. I, I, the game was what it was. The Jets didn't have a chance. They've got to get a, a quarterback in the offseason. We already know that. Um, but I just had to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, with 3 minutes and 31 seconds left in the third quarter, the Jets sent in quarterback Chris Streveler. Streveler, uh, thank you. <laughs> to replace Zach Wilson, right? In that time, he went 10 of 15 for 90 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He also had nine carries for 54 yards. In the entire game, Zach Wilson went 9 of 18 for 92 yards and an interception and had one carry for one yard. I just want to know. I want to hope that the Zach Wilson experiment, and I guess it's it's kind of rough calling an experiment because he was a number two overall pick, but whatever you want to call it, it needs to be over. I mean, I, I get where Terrence is coming from saying, you know, hey, you know, Colin Kaepernick could definitely still play in the league. I totally agree. Because he'd be the best quarterback on the Jets by far right now. Right, easily. It's not even close. I'm surprised Robert Sala has not tried to make contact with Colin Kaepernick to make that happen. Because, uh, you know, I mean, for somebody that's a number two overall pick, Zach Wilson is, is entering very, you know, some very elite bus, bus territory with the direction he's going. You know, obviously being drafted behind Trevor Lawrence certainly puts a lot of pressure on you, especially when that's the guy on the other side of the field tonight. Um, and, and obviously he, you know, his career is certainly starting to, to point upwards uh, now that they've got a real, you know, head coach. Um, and so that's, that's about all I can take from this game is that the Jets are a quarterback away from being a real contender. Um, you know, like I said, after this game, they're seven and eight. Could have very easily been eight and seven if their quarterback was, was halfway functional. And, yeah, uh, what, so that's, I didn't mean to push that, but, I, but I, did, I did have a question. You played defense, right? I did. Just, just tell people out there what it's like when you're playing defense and you already know you're not going to get anything on offense. You basically have to score points on defense. 
<laughs> and yeah, and, and it's, it's cold. It's 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 an absolute. Well, I say it, yeah. What well, no, I just said right. It's it's a nightmare because you know your day is going to be long. You know the offense is not going to be able to sustain a drive, and so therefore you know you you got essentially four plays to rest, and then you and then you back out there because they got three mm-hmm. plays at a punt, provided they don't turn the ball over, uh, which you know fortunately Zach Wilson only only did once tonight, um, and so I mean and and eventually you you know. For most defenses, unless you got some serious depth, you just wear out because um, you, you know it's on you not only to not allow their offense to score, but then to some extent you got to try to, like you said, you got to try to put points on the board. Um, the Jets put up three points in total tonight. Probably could have had a few more if they had put Chris Trevely in a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, had they put him in at halftime, uh, you know, maybe we're having a different conversation because I was I was watching them move the ball, and I'm thinking that they really should have just taking their points, put a little bit of pressure on Jacksonville to have to, you know, sustain a drive. I think the Jets defense was more than capable of getting the ball right back and then maybe go down. And then now you plant maybe, now you got four down territory. But I think just getting some points on the board uh, would have been very, very helpful to them. Instead, they went for them like a point or two. And they, and to their credit, they were moving the ball really well. But I just, I just if they put that guy, if, what was it, Strepson? Strebler. Stre- Stre- Strebler. Strebler. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I promise I'm going to get his name right at some point tonight. Uh, but if they <laughs> if they put Strebler in at halftime, uh, maybe we're having a different discussion. But nevertheless, the point of the fact of the matter is they have to get a quarterback in the offseason whether they draft one or sign a veteran. I think we all think they should just go sign a veteran. We know some names that they could they can sign for or trade for, whatever the case may be. Uh, but Zach Wilson... If he's in the league next year, he'll be doing good. Let's just keep in mind also that Chris Trevler, um, like I said, he threw for, for 90 yards tonight. Entering this game, he had 141 career passing yards and one career touchdown. Wow. So I, I just I just want to put that in perspective. And this How long has guy, he been in the league? He's been in the league. This is his third year. <laughs> his first two, he was in Arizona. Yeah. He was active for a total of seven games in those two years. Wow. Well, I'm sure the New York Jets are going to be ready to go back to Mike White when he's ready, if he's going to be ready. And uh, But basically, I guess the question would be, what are the New York Jets going to do in the offseason? This is their biggest need, I'm sure, quarterback, unless Mike White is that that guy. We don't, we're not sure, though. And, and we would have got more games to see, but he's been out a few games. So that's definitely mm-hmm. going to be number one on the Jets' radar, I would think. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he knows the offense well. They're running the same scheme over there now in well in New York since Salah's there. He's very familiar with him. And that coaching staff, Mike LaFleur, over there calling the plays, who came from San Francisco, he would be one of the best fits that could immediately move them from what they are seven and eight right now. They could easily be uh you know, a 10, 11 win team consistently with Jimmy Garoppolo or if they were maybe to go get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe even that Russell. That was what Wilson. I was about to say. I wonder what it would take for the Jets to get Aaron Rodgers. They, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be on the phone. I'm sure they're going to be on the phone trying to, you know, trying to see at least. You have to, you have to get on the phone because yeah, absolutely. You're not and, far and, away and, now and, with uh, this defense. I mean, right. that would take them next level. Yeah. Yes, it would because they have. A, they, they, just got think having real, a, they got some real young talent over there. Solid. Yeah, defense. but just think having a division where you got Josh Allen, um, two attack. I'm not about to try. I'm not, I'm not going to charge Barkley myself. 
and uh, <laughs> it's late and I'm sleepy. Uh, and and then Aaron Rodgers in the same division like that would be that'd be very crucial. Somebody somebody say that man's name right. I don't want to just butcher it totally. Talk about Talk about Lowell. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're on the same page. <laughs> That AFC East would be dominant like that. I mean, and it's pretty good now, looking pretty sharp now. But yeah, yeah. you add one yeah. more veteran quarterback, then that AFC East is stacked. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but this is what the Jets have to do. Are they out of time? Is this it for the Jets season to the playoff hopes for this yes. season? Yes. Okay. Nick? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going I'm going. Yeah, it's over for now. Yeah, it was pretty bad, man. Um, the, I mean, the, the I think Jets they really – For the Jaguars, though. Yeah. yeah, I think they really only had a puncher's chance anyway. But I think they're out of punches now. Yeah, Strevler also came in the game and got a quick 54 yards of rushing. That quickly, immediately topped what the Jets had already. They only had 12 yards on the ground. Uh, all right, 11 carries. Off 11 carries. Uh, so, moving on, uh, that's Thursday night. It's in the books. The Jets 7-8. and eight. The Jaguars improved to 7-8. and eight. And the AFC South is really coming down the stretch. To the Titans and Jaguars. We'll see how that's going to go. Speaking of the Titans, Ryan Tannehill is out for the season, or very likely to be out for the season with that ankle injury, and they're going to have to go with Malik Willis now for the rest of the, for the rest of the way. They started Malik Willis a few games. He made his debut against the Texans, and then he played another game against Kansas City, where they were actually in that game to the very end. Ironically enough, Malik Willis' next start, he returns as a starter against the Houston Texans. That's who they faced this weekend and um, in Nashville. And so the Tennessee Titans having to go with Malik Willis. I will ask you guys quickly here, is this it for the Tennessee Titans season now that Ryan Tannehill is done? Mm-hmm. And is this the end of the road for Tannehill in Tennessee? Is this the Malik Willis show or are the Titans observing? Are the Tennessee Titans observing to see – if, you know, they could really do something with this guy or if they need to be going for the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes? Well, yeah, I think Jacksonville just has too much momentum. Tennessee cannot slip at all. And unfortunately, uh, their signal caller is out. So I, I, I don't see how. Unless that defense comes out and just just like just kind of bands together to kind of hold them hold them together uh, for the next couple of games or at least the next game, if they go into that game with Jacksonville and they you know it's winner take all, then they have a shot. Uh, but I do think that if they uh, if they lose this next game and they and they and they have to go in there and get a win, uh, I don't think that they can can go in there and. and have to get a win, you know. It's just, I know it's pretty much the same, but it's slightly different. Uh, so I think that they have to win to keep pace, and I don't think they will. So it's it's rough, man. As far as them in the offseason, I I do believe there are going to be too many quarterbacks out there for them to not have to at least look at one. Uh, we look at a situation, and there are, I mean, older, yes, but you know, you can bring in an Aaron Rodgers, you can bring in a Tom Brady. Well, even though Garoppolo, I don't, I don't really consider him in the same bracket as those. I'm not going to put Russell Wilson in that because I just don't think that Denver can just go ahead and just cut him like that. And I don't think anybody's going to trade for that contract with the way he played this year. Right. Um, but there's going to be too many guys out there for them to not at least look at one. And listen, if I am a quarterback and you tell them I get to turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, I have to at least look into that. 
So, you know, you, you, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, they, they might see the Jets out there. They might see the 49ers out there. Uh, but Tennessee is going to be a viable option as, as well. Yeah. The problem with Tennessee is going to be they don't have any weapons on the outside. Of course, you know, they got arguably the best running back in the league still and Derrick Henry in the backfield. But, yeah. uh, they, they, you know, if you're a quarterback going there, who am I throwing the ball to? I mean, you got, you know, you got the uh, rookie, I guess, will be second year. By the time the new quarterback will get there, Traylon Burks, you got Robert Woods. If he's still there next year, um, and he hasn't looked great. How much of that is because he just isn't all that great? And how much of that is because Ryan Tannehill isn't all that great? You don't know. But, you know, as a quarterback, if, if I'm looking for a situation where I feel like I can go in and win, I need, I want to have at least one guy that I can look at and go, hey, you know, if ever I, if ever I need to play, I can throw it to this guy. And, you know, he, he, he's liable yeah. to make something happen. Um, and Tennessee right. doesn't have that. So I think I think that's their biggest um, biggest impediment, you know, trying to trying to close the season out and find a way into the playoffs. Um, and even you know, even though as, as I've said, I don't, I'm not a big believer in Malik Willis. Um, that certainly doesn't help him. And uh, so I, I don't see them getting in. I, I think the Jaguars, like you said, have too much momentum. Um, you know, they're really kind of finding their stride again now that they have a, a real head coach, a real NFL head coach. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep throwing them shots at Urban Meyer. And, uh, you know, so I, I expect the Jaguars to make the playoffs and potentially be a dangerous team. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, here it is. I'm making a different prediction, and I'm glad that everybody didn't get to hear what we said on Monday night uh, for the Tuesday episode, to be honest with you, because we all was on the Jacksonville Jaguar train. And, uh, look, and it very well could still happen. They won again, two games remaining, and they're definitely winnable for Jacksonville. However, uh, the Tennessee Titans games look pretty winnable too. I think this is that blessing in disguise for the Tennessee Titans, and I'm about to make a bold prediction. I have been saying all season long that I think the Tennessee Titans or the Baltimore Ravens are going to sneak into the postseason, and they're going to make some noise. I'm not sure what's going on with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not sure if he's going to come back and play or not. I'm not sure if he's going to come back and play and they win or if he's going to be 100% or if it could, you know, somewhat have a reason to do or why he won't be the same Lamar Jackson. I don't know. All I know is that one of these teams or both of these teams I had to go in at 10-7. and seven. And um, right now the Titans are already at 7-7. Seven and seven. They can't afford to really lose any more games because Jacksonville's right there on their ass. With Tannehill being out, that offensive line has been pretty bad. And as mobile as Tannehill can be sometimes, he can't be on one leg. And he's been on one leg for quite for most of the season. Well, Malik Willis, that's the type of quarterback you need right now when this offensive line is struggling like it is. Uh-huh. And it's struggling in pass protection and run blocking. But I think if you get Malik Willis under center, and you can get some play actions going. You can get some bootlegs going, some naked boots, and you just cut the field in half, cut the reads in half somewhat, and make him make the right reads. And if it's not there, we're not going to digest this too long. Forget the progressions. This guy can run now. And I think he's going to run, and I think that they need to just go more wildcat, mix it up. I think they'll go read option. Colin Kaepernick, Frank Gore, the San Francisco days, in that backfield with Malik Willis and and Derrick Henry, and I think the Titans are going to still be fine. I hate to pull the carpet from under the Jacksonville Jag wires, but I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that this team is going to be very, very, very much the team of the crop, the cream of the crop in the AFC South next season. But right now I'm going to just put this on pause for a minute because nobody's expecting the Titans to do what I'm saying that they're about to do. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to be the team 
that are going to get a little revenge on some of the teams that have spanked them pretty much this season. Maybe they go to Cincinnati or host Cincinnati on week one, whoever the number six, whoever the fifth seed is. Right now they're four. If they make the playoffs still, I see them beating that fifth seed team. And surprisingly, and I also see them maybe getting a second playoff win, like going to Buffalo or going to Kansas City and getting a win. Uh, this is a team that almost beat the Chiefs a month or so ago on primetime Sunday night football with Malik Willis. I think he is that guy, and I think he is going to be that guy at some point. Is he ready? No, he's not quite ready yet. However, he does have two starts under his belt, and now he's it's his team now. It has to be. They have no other choice. They have no one else to go to. I think, though, because of his legs and how, you know, his ability to get out of the pocket, he has a pretty ball. I've seen it. He can throw a good football. I've looked at the film before. I've scouted him a little bit. He looks like a – I don't want to – he looks like kind of a, a mixture of the Seattle, Russell Wilson, uh, back in his heyday, in his prime. He looks like uh, – I mean, he can get out of the pocket. He can throw on the run. He can throw a deep ball accurately. Those are some Russell Wilson traits. Uh, he does some things in the pocket like Steve McNair. I think the guy's going to be fine. He just needs some time. I'm picking the Titans to go on a run here. They have lost some games. They got off to an 0-2 start. Then they won like five, six straight. Now they're back into the slump again on a four-game losing streak. I think the Titans surprised some people, and they're going to push it. And they're going to push on into the postseason and surprise some people. This is what I'm thinking because Malik Willis and the read option is going to do wonders for them. And maybe that'll save the day for the offensive coordinator. I know nobody wants to believe it or hear it right now, and I know Jacksonville is red hot. But the Cowboys have, I mean, the Titans have, the uh, Texans on Saturday. That should be a win still. They have the Cowboys on Thursday night, next Thursday, prime video at home. They can beat the Titans. I mean, they can beat the Cowboys, but they probably lose. But if even if they do, that's okay. That's that showdown that they'll have on week 18 with Jacksonville. So, Houston, Dallas, Jacksonville. All three of those games are still winnable. And if they can pull that off, the Titans still are in the playoffs and they're still in the AFC South. And I think if they if they if they if they kind of slide in and sneak into the playoffs, they could be dangerous. They're not dangerous when they're a number 1 seed. They're usually one and done. But when they're no. when they're like this in this moment, to where like you count them out, this is when they can surprise some people and make some noise. This is the Tennessee Titans team that may say, "Hey, damn that! I didn't know they were gonna come into Baltimore and upset us." This is the type of stuff they does. They go to Kansas City with Marcus Mariota and beat the Chiefs. They do this from year to year, every other year when you're not thinking about them, when they're under the radar. But when they're number one, number two seed, no, forget it. Somebody's gonna come right in there at stadium and beat them, one and done. So again. I made a prediction last season that the Titans and the Packers would be one and done as number one seeds last year in their respective conferences. I was right. I'm making another prediction this year about the Titans. They're not number one. And I predicted them to not win a playoff game, and they did not. Now I'm predicting them to upset a few teams, a team or two, in the postseason, and they could very well be in the AFC Championship. As far as the Packers, they look like they're doing the same thing. They're kind of, you know, trying to sneak into the playoffs, and they may make some noise. Who knows? Um, but that's my take on the Titans and the AFC South. I just wanted to be the first to say it, and I'm probably be I'll probably be the only to say it. But I wanted to get it out of the way so when it happens, I'm not just jumping on the wagon. I called it before they even you know got another win. 
I think that this starts here. Malik Willis, take the training wheels off of them and just let them go. They have nothing else to lose. And as far as what they're going to do in the future, if Malik isn't that guy, man, I say whoever the best receivers at the top of the free agent market, go get them. You've got the money. Remember, you didn't pay AJ. And look, Lamar Jackson, I'm calling Baltimore. I know they're a rival. I know they don't like us. We don't like them, but we're not Pittsburgh. Hey, look, is Lamar available? Just see. Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry in the backfield in 2023 would be ridiculous. And Terrence, if that happened, you would have my full approval to leave the Ravens bandwagon, the, the Ravens fan, <laughs> fandom, and go join the Titans because the Ravens have failed Lamar Jackson miserably, terribly, as we've said before on this show, time in and time again. So, uh, again, that's all I want to say. If Malik isn't the guy, go get Lamar and, and go get some receivers in free agency to make Lamar or some free uh, some uh, free agent quarterback, veteran that is, or bridge that, that can come in and, you know, help the Titans out because the defense isn't bad and the defense is actually banged up. Jeffrey Simmons in and out of the lineup. Altry in and out of the lineup. These guys, if they can get back healthy, though, this is still a team that can get back to where they were uh, midseason. All right. So, just wanted yeah, to. I just wanted to say real quick that the views regarding the Titans expressed by Jarvis Jeffries are those of Jarvis Jeffries alone and do not reflect the views of the rest of the Great Debate Show cast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this man just told me that the Titans is going to make the playoffs. Yeah. With Malik Willis at quarterback. Right on. I did. I did. There's a lot of things that I've said that sound crazier, and it's happened to be right. So, that's the reason why I'm getting it out of the bag now. And I will have my moment to gloat. Later on, as I usually get the chance to do. I know it sounds crazy. You'll see. That's the very reason why it's going to happen. Tighten up. All right. So, uh, we're going to keep it moving here on the show. There's a lot of other things. I heard Colin Cowherd talking about Jerry Goff making comparisons with his career and uh, uh, Matthew Stafford's career. And I found it strange because he had already said pretty much what you guys were saying that, I don't think McVay regrets a damn thing. They got the chip, so who cares? Stafford did get them the chip, regardless of how bad it looks now and how good golf looks over there. But then he kind of backpedaled, and it seemed like on Thursday he was basically saying, maybe they do regret letting him go so soon, and I've been saying this all along. I know the Rams got the chip, and that's cool, but Jerry Goff, he can still ball, and he's balling. And the Detroit Lions is one team that I'm kind of scared of if they make the postseason. Because of how hot that offense is. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the the Ravens, and I don't know, we're going to get into the Ravens in a minute. They got a playoff. They got a game against the Falcons. Still no Lamar Jackson for this game either. We're going to let Terrence uh, give us what he thinks is going to happen on that game. Uh, but even ESPN are starting to ask if the Ravens consider cutting uh, cutting their ties with the, uh, with the Ravens. I've been talking about this. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, guys, leads the NFL in completion percentage since week 13. Uh, and in back-to-back games before Thursday night, he had 300 pass yards and three touchdowns in back-to-back games. Okay. Um, oh, a quick shout-out to Chris Powell also for going back, getting his degree, uh, earning his college degree from Winston-Salem State on HBCU. And, we, we you know, that, that that's a good look. So we thought we'd bring that up. Uh, also, um, trying to run through, trying to run through some things before we get into these games. Um, a, a report, and I don't know how where this source comes from, but there's a report that Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, I mean, the owner of the New England Patriots, could be 
could possibly be uh, letting go of Bill Belichick. I don't know how soon, but if things don't go the way he wants it to go in the offseason, he could be cutting ties with Bill Belichick. Guys, is it time? We'll start with Nick on this one. Is it time for Bill Belichick? Uh, is it is it time for Robert Kraft, I mean, to move on from Bill Belichick? We know how a lot of things happen. Uh, this goes all the way back to when Garoppolo was still a Patriot. And Bill Belichick was wanted to go with Garoppolo. And Kraft said, hell no. Uh, Tom, Brady's, <laughs> Tom Brady's not getting traded anywhere. And um, they traded Garoppolo instead. And it's, Wait, they won a championship that year, by the way. They won a champion. No. No, they didn't. That year that started, that was the year they actually lost to Philly. The year that whole oh, okay, but they did go to the Super Bowl. They did go, and they went the next year. Okay. They did win. Yeah, that's, they still went back okay. the very next year and won too. Yeah, but but I remember the year that all started. It was the seventeen year, and he had the little uh, the, the baby gash, uh, and they made a big deal out of his thumb. And Belichick was like, <laughs> he was basically like, man, it's a it's a cut, you know, shut the hell up, let him go play football. Right. And uh, anyway, Jacksonville had him beating the AFC champ. And then the Patriots still won due to a BS uh, defensive pass interference call. So, basically, I'm just saying that this is where the beef started. But Brady still ended up leaving New England. And I don't think Belichick has forgiven him for that. And Robert Kraft probably hasn't forgiven Belichick for wanting to get rid of his son. Because that's what the word, that's what the report was. He said, that's my son. You know, I traded my son away. And that, mean, that being Tom Brady. Uh, so, Nick. Is it time for Robert Kraft to move on from from Belichick? Looking at this whole, I'm hearing he's really, really, really sick of this Matt Patricia BS and all of the stuff that's going on with his coaching staff. Is it time, and do you think he will pull the plug? No, it's not time to move on from Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach in the history of football. I mean, right, I get it. It's been a rough year for him for sure. Um, but, I mean, if anybody has been a good example of not, you know, not getting rid of, of head coaches, um, you know, just after one bad season, you know, it's been it's been the Patriots and it's been the Steelers. Obviously, you know, Mike Tomlin has had a stellar record with his time there. I think the Steelers have had four coaches in like 60 years or something like that. Um, and the Patriots have had one coach for the last, what, 25 years, give or take. Um, so one bad year, you know, a bad decision, obviously, to have Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator and uh, and, and the play caller. Um, clearly, that hasn't worked. Um, the, the one thing you can say about Belichick is that he's been a little too stubborn in terms of not moving on and taking those duties from Matt Patricia. Um, maybe he just, you know, believes in him to a certain level and thinks that he can develop into a, into a competent play caller. But that certainly hasn't been the case this year. Um, but that being said, the Patriots are, are, are competitive, are competing for a playoff spot um, with a severe lack of talent, particularly on the offensive end. So the ability to be able to do that in the first place um, tells you that, that Bill Belichick still, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't lost it. Um, to, to an extent. So, I mean, you know, the idea that you're going to get rid of him and go replace him with somebody that's going to give you anywhere near that level of success um, is a little crazy to me. So, no, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think somebody uh, wrote an article trying to get a little bit of a few clicks, a little bit of a little bit of attention, but uh, I, I would I would call it a whole bunch, a whole lot of do about nothing. Yeah, same here, man. Listen, I, do I think that something should happen because of the way Belichick essentially just said, hey, screw the offense this year, absolutely. <laughs> maybe you take some power away or maybe you put him, put him into the offense and say, listen, go hire a real offensive coordinator. Uh, but you cannot go into next season the same way you went into this season. As far as getting rid of Belichick, get rid of him and get who? 
Sean yeah, Payton? If, if you can answer that question for me, then I'll say go do it. Sean Payton? But get rid of him and get who? Sean Payton. No. No. Sean, Sean Payton coming in and trying, trying to coach that offense, it won't help. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it wouldn't help, but I, I don't see it. it. It doesn't feel like a fit for me. I mean, that, that was a good idea, Jarvis, I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's the best, that's the best choice out there, and I still say no. Yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of where I land. Uh, that, that would definitely be your best choice. So, uh, that, that's a good call by Jarvis, but nah, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the best call, and that's, to me, that's still wheels in comparison. What about Jim Harbaugh? I just, I just, I just don't think so, man. Because none, none of those guys can do what Belichick has done for the past twenty-something uh, odd years. I'm, a, I'm gonna throw a pause in that just a bit. Not because I think Jim Harbaugh could, you know, in twenty-five years take the Patriots to another ten Super Bowls and win six of them. I'm not saying he'll have that level of success, but Jim Harbaugh strikes me as a guy that could be a fitting Belichick replacement in terms of his attitude, in terms of his uh, coaching style and kind of those sorts of things. That's not the craziest thing I I, I would have heard. I'll say that. Um, again, I, I don't see Belichick being gone, um, but if if he was to be, if you could get Jim Harbaugh on the phone and, and work that deal out, I'm not saying it's a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I if, you, if you... I Harbaugh idea better than the Sean Payton idea. If you have to replace him, if you absolutely have to replace him, I get it. But if you're telling me that, hey, I don't like the way you operated this season, thanks for the past 23 seasons, but this one season you did some stupid stuff. Like, nah, man. Um, and and two, like, we also got to keep in mind that these are very big shoes to fill. This is this is the equivalent of, you know, hey, Jordan just retired, and we're gonna replace him with Roy Mercer. <laughs> so. Let's not let's make sure it's not Roy Mercer, man. If you're gonna replace him, make sure it's a, it's the right fit because uh those are some very, very big shoes to feel. Yeah, you are looking more to go Joe Montana to Steve Young in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't and I don't know if Steve Young is really out there. Shout out to uh Roy Mercer, by the way. He had no intentions on making his podcast, but sorry. <laughs> that's the way Roy Mercer comes straight. That's the way this works out. Well, well, guys, in most cases, I would agree with you all, and you know, because I'm I'm very high on Bill Belichick. I, I'm the one that uses the, the triple Bs around here and throw it around like it's you know a, a domino. I just slam it on the table. Bill Belichick, bitch. <laughs> but hey, man, look, I I, I kind of like the Sean Payton scenario. I like the Jim Harbaugh's even more. As Nick was saying, that's why I brought it up. I will say this: I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I've heard <clears throat> a lot of sources out of Foxborough have said that, man, they are sick and tired of seeing the frustrations on a weekly basis from Mac Jones, and they know where it's coming from. It's coming from this offense sucks. These coaches suck. Matt Patricia has to go. Why are they doing this? Why are they calling play? Mac Jones just looked frustrated, and it's because of yeah. Bill Belichick not taking the responsibility to fire his buddies and bring in the right offensive people. The same thing that Mike Vrabel is doing right now in Tennessee on why he's still allowing Todd Downing or whatever his name is to call plays when he's been calling bad plays. He may be a hero in a month from now, though. We'll see. I think the Malik, the, the Malik Willis thing is going to be a blessing in disguise for the Titans. But as far as this team here goes, man, I don't know. I just, I, I just think that 
the New England Patriots, I mean, I, I know Terrence kept saying if they have to move on from him. No, they don't have to move on from him, but give me the reason on why we should keep him and why we should allow him to, to stay and remain our coach. Time goes on. Things change. And right now in the league, Bill Belichick is starting to look a bit outdated. And the things that he's doing with these assistant with his assistant coaches, this is not gonna fly in the NFL. And to be honest with you, it's actually uh it's actually a slap in the it's actually a little it's actually a little naive, a little delusional for for Belichick, even himself, to think that he could pull this off. It's almost like he's thinking he's in some Pop Warner League or something, or he's in a, on the collegiate level to where, man, I'm good and I'm smart enough to still figure this thing out, and we're going to still win games. Have they won games? Yes, but not enough. And again, who wouldn't want to replace a guy who didn't have his team prepared to just sit down on the ground and go into overtime after that miraculous play that ended the game in Las Vegas as the Raiders got the win. It, it 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 looks more and more like Robert Kraft would and should move on. I'm not saying he will, and I'm not trying to throw any shade at Belichick. I'm just saying sometimes you know you have to know when your time is up. And I think Harbaugh, <laughs> a, a, a guy that came to San Francisco in kind of the same similar ways where the Niners were – you, they were on the cups of being a playoff team. The drafting had gotten better. You saw it, but the coaching just – the head coach was not good enough, couldn't get the job done. That quarterback was, uh, is he or is he not the franchise? That was Alex Smith. Harbaugh said, hold on now. Before you change those tires, let me let me get some fixer flat. Let me, let, me get, let, me, let me put a plug in this thing first. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to, you know, scrap this tire just yet. And he got a lot of miles out of that tire once he got it plugged with Alex Smith. And Crabtree was already there. Vernon Davis, Frank Gore in the backfield. He drafted Colin Kaepernick. Bam! Next thing you know, the Niners are a big deal in the NFC. Mac Jones could be Alex Smith. He's not bad, you know. The ceiling may be right. He may his head may be touching the ceiling or close to it, but Harbaugh can get wins from him, man. He can get that team to play. The defense is already pretty solid. These are the things that Harbaugh. That's all he needs when he comes back to the NFL if he decided to do it. So that's just my take on it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but yeah, wanted to bring that up about Robert Kraft possibly. That's a report that he possibly uh, could move on from Bill Belichick. And, you know, it just sounds crazy because it's like, <laughs> Belichick, please, he'll never leave it. No, at some point, it'll happen. Parcells. So everything ends. Everything ends. Parcells wasn't a giant forever, you know? He was also a patriot and a jit, too. <laughs> you know, well, Patriot before that and then the Jet later. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but moving on, uh, let's get to these games, I guess. Um, Saturday, uh, uh, Nick, whatever you got on this slate of games, let's not forget to mention Baltimore, who will be playing the Falcons without Lamar Jackson. We'll see what Terrence thinks about that. But most so, more so important, we said Jalen Hurts wasn't going to play on Tuesday's episode, and Nick – I was right. We were right. He's not playing. Gardner Minshew is getting the start versus the Dallas Cowboys. I guess you can go ahead and give us your take on that, and then let's get into the rest of those games that you see yeah, that's, interesting. that's exactly where I'll start because, uh, you know, like I said, you know, we did a lot of talking about that. I uh, I was pretty confident that Jalen was going to play, and my mistake in that, in that analysis was thinking that this decision would be left up to Jalen. Um, and and from what I'm reading, it, it seems that it wasn't. It seems obviously it seems that if it was left up to him, he would absolutely be playing. Um, but the organization, the coaches, whoever stepped in and said, "Hey, look, we're looking at this from a from a long term scenario, and so you know we want to protect you. 
Um, we basically got, you know, got the uh, number one seed locked up. We just need to win one one game out of three. Um, so even if we do find, you know, we do go out here and lose to the Cowboys this Saturday, which I still don't see happening with Gardner Minshew as a starter. Um, you know, even if that happens, then, you know, we bring it back for the Saints game or the Commanders or whoever, win the one and, and get in, uh, go ahead and get the number one seed. Uh, or maybe the Cowboys lose and hand it to us anyways um, sometime in the next couple of weeks. So one way or the other, um, I think the organization looked at it from that standpoint and said, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to err on the side of caution. Um, I think also selfishly, I didn't want, um, didn't want there to be more fodder that, that kind of takes the MVP um, award away from Jalen. I know that, that, you know, early in the, earlier in the year, uh, myself and Terrence as well had kind of, uh, you know, kind of already written a card pack from Mahomes' name into that trophy. And uh, Jalen Hurts clearly had other thoughts, um, you know, going forward. And so uh, we'll see how that part of it turns out as far as the MVP race. Um, but, you know, obviously, like I said, it seems like the, the organization stepped in and made a decision here. And uh, that's, I'm fine with it. You know, like I said, I think we'll still go out and get the win. Um, of course, that game uh, against the Cowboys is a 325 game on Saturday. Uh, Dallas's line is now pushed up to minus four and a half, uh, according to Caesars. So that should be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Eagles on the money line. What you guys got? Well, I, I don't know what I have on the money line, but what I do believe is that uh, and I got to quote Vince McMahon here, but the Cowboys don't stand a chance in hell of winning at the bitch or the number one seed. So I don't, I don't think resting him for a game or two is going to hurt. Uh, but the big thing is that it's a shoulder that's a throwing shoulder. You want to make sure that your guy is protected for the playoffs and for the long haul. So the Eagles are definitely doing the right thing. At first, I thought it was just them trolling because of Michael Parsons' comments. Um, but it does seem like they are looking at the best interests of their very young star player. So I commend them for that. As far as the um, the money line, I would not be surprised if the Cowboys got a big victory uh, just to kind of advance the storylines for the playoffs if they were some, to somehow meet in the playoffs, which I think if they met in the playoffs, it would probably have to be uh, the conference championship, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, depending on how the seeding is. But anyway, the, uh, the, the point is, I, I, I don't think that this game really matters, honestly. In the grand scheme of things, I don't think it matters. When they were when they were head-to-head, mono-mono, uh, and that, that may have been out that game. I think there was uh, Cooper Rush's... Uh, he was. Maybe his last game, next to last game. Yep. Uh, so I think it's ironic that they play this time and the Eagles won't have their starting QB. Uh-huh. But, you know, maybe we'll, get to, maybe we'll get to see them at full strength against each other in the playoffs. Let's mm-hmm. hope that's the case. I would, I would like to see that. I think I think both fan bases deserve to see that. Uh, but I think this game was going to come down to Kenny Cowboys stop the Eagles run game because they couldn't stop it in the last game. And I don't know if they can. That's what it'll come down to. I'll take the Cowboys and I'll take the four and a half. Okay. I'll take the Dallas Cowboys as well. I think they win. They should win. My only my only question is, I guess, basically would be since Jalen Hurts is out and since we were saying that he was an MVP candidate, should the Dallas Cowboys kind of blow away the Philadelphia Eagles, even though the Eagles have a good team overall, but their quarterback is not – Playing, should the Cowboys run away from them if they're a real threat in the NFC? Their defense, if it's as good as they say it is, as people say it is, should they really run over them? Should they win by two touchdowns? I'm not sure. Uh, but I guess the main question is, even though I'm taking Dallas, and they'll get the split, and Terrence, you're, you're on to something there about them probably playing a third time in the postseason. 
Nick, you don't want to win this game. Like I said, you don't want to win this game. So I, I, it's it's a good thing that Jalen Hurts is out because now you've got that shot to just beat the brakes off of them in the postseason if you do see them because you don't have that burden on you as that, damn, we've beaten them twice already. Could Jarvis be right about the three the three game sweep that never happens in one season? You don't have to worry about it if the Cowboys win. I think they win. The main thing is how serious is this shoulder sprain of Jalen Hurts? They say it's not supposed to be long-term. It's not considered to be long-term. Eagles fans, I'm sure you hope that that's the case. We'll see. I'll take Dallas, though. But the main thing is how bad is this shoulder sprain? And uh, the Eagles, I thought they had already clinched number one seed, but they haven't. They still need one more win to do that. They're not going to do it this week. So I guess there's still hope for, for Minnesota and San Francisco. I thought we were dead in the waters of the number one seed. Uh, we had the number two seed if it wasn't for that 33-point comeback victory by you Vike that, Mr. Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings. But uh, all right, so, yeah, give me the uh, Cowboys. And uh, right, we'll, I guess we'll find out how good the Eagles really are as a team. Like, if they could still pull the win off even with Minshew, then that says a lot for me. The, the, the San Francisco 49ers are still winning games. They're still a threat, and they're still considered a dangerous NFC team, playoff team, even on their third starting quarterback on the season. I just can't wait to see how the Eagles are without their starter. They could actually look like an average team without Jalen Hurts. It'll be interesting for me to see how they how that looks. All right, Nick, I'm done. You can keep it going. That's cool. I look forward to laughing alone on, on Tuesday morning's episode. So, <laughs> Nick, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, Nick. So you actually have Philly winning? I'm sorry if I missed that. You said y'all still winning? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still of course got you Philly do. winning. Of course you do. We're the best team in the league, top to bottom. I understand we're missing our MVP quarterback. But Gardner Minshew's not a bad backup. I mean, he, he's, he's probably, which is going to be a strange statement to make, he's probably one of the top five backups in the league. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's a guy in, in a pinch. I think he can go out there and get it done. And uh, that's, that's the situation we're in. Um, I think, obviously, we'll lean heavily on the running game. Divas have to show up and play well. But uh, I, got, I got faith that we'll go out there and do it. Hey, man, as much as I uh, as much as much I like the Eagles, as, as much as I respect the Eagles and how good of a team they are, they're not the deepest team in the league, if that's what you said. I, I, I disagree uh, because the 49ers no, is the I, only. I, I said we're the best team top, top to bottom. Yeah, I still disagree because the 49ers are the right. only. Because the 49ers are the only damn team in the league that could be as good as they are at 10-4, and 4, still considered a dangerous playoff team in the NFC playoffs, and they're on their third the 49ers starting quarterback. The 49ers the best defense in the league, but their offense isn't as good as ours. The 49ers are the only team in the league that can still be considered a Super Bowl contender on their third starting quarterback. I digress. That's the best damn team in the league. There's no other team in the league that you would have faith in if they were on their third starting quarterback. You hear what I'm saying? Does this does, does any of this is any of this process? Okay, is it process? I mean, y- y'all y'all the only team that actually is good that's in that situation. There's so no other true. team in the league. If your team play, who's your third string quarterback? Ian Book. If if you went with Ian Book, what's your chances on getting to the Super Bowl, Nick? I still think pretty decent. Really. Honestly, not great, honestly, decent. okay. Um, come on, man. I'm finna come on, man. Let's not let's because not make honestly, the show longer than it needs to be. In that situation, it's still the only team that I'm looking at going. Uh, they they might could be this would be the 49ers. 
the fact that the Niners still have a shot at beating you guys in Philly with their third starting quarterback on the season tells me we are the best team from top to bottom. Now, I know but you the, have the no, best the record. The part of it is that even you would say Brock Purdy ain't that much worse than Jimmy G, if he's worse at all. Yeah, I, I'll give you that, but he's still the third quarterback, Nick. No other team can say that. Right, no but, other but, team. But I'm going to look at Garner. I'm, but see, that's the difference. If you you would look at your third-string quarterback and go, eh, he's damn near as good as our starter. I would look at my second-string quarterback and go, he's not nearly as good as our starter, but because the rest of our team is as good as it is, we'll be fine. You better be. That's why I said it's interesting for me to see what the Cowboys do to the Eagles without their quarterback. That's why it'll be interesting to me to see. We now get to so see what your words, team when we, is. When we go back and do this show on Tuesday and the Eagles have beat the Cowboys, then you're going to go, damn, the Eagles really might be the best team top to bottom. Yes. Is that, is that what I'm going to hear Tuesday? Yes. Yes. All right, bet. There you go. I'm I appreciate man, I'm the a, consistency. I'm a man of my word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's, let's let's see what else we got here that uh, has some but, has some playoff implications. Uh, let's go the eight five and one New York Giants visiting the eleven and three uh, Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, of course, have already locked up the NFC North. Uh, the Giants are still fighting for a playoff spot. They are in as it currently stands. Um, they are a four. They are a four point dog to the Vikings uh, in Minnesota on Saturday at noon. Uh, who you guys got on that one? Go ahead, hmm. I'm actually going to go with the Giants. Uh, I think that they kind of went through their rough stride there. They have possibly turned it around. But I do think that Minnesota now might be in a little bit of cruise control since they've already kind of locked up, since they've already locked up the division. And, you know, of course, you want to you want to watch for seeding. But, and I don't know if any teams are going to come out and say this or not, but it's just like I was saying earlier. Uh, the main thing is to try to avoid the 49ers at all costs. And maybe that's a reason for them to try to, you know, maybe they want to win it out. And so I could be wrong in, in that regard. But I think right now the, the, the real prize of the playoffs is to avoid San Francisco at all costs. So, you know, I don't even know how they how they would align to that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put it in cruise control a little bit and the Giants have a whole lot to still play for. Mm-hmm. Hey, yep. I'm going to second that. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants as well, um, and and pretty much for the exact reasons. You know, the Vikings, uh, like I said, they've not locked the NFC North. Uh, I think they've had a few injuries, so, you know, they can take the time, get some guys healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, maybe not necessarily play guys a full game, whatever the case is. Um, the Giants with a lot to play for. Uh, they, they probably see an opportunity after having beaten the Commanders last week. Um, the Commanders are facing the 49ers this week. And so the Giants are looking at it going, hey, if we can get past these Vikings, uh, who certainly have had their struggles, albeit being 11-3, and three, then that, that puts a little more breathing room between us and the commanders. And so uh, I'm, I'm taking the Giants to win that one. They're going to come out focused and ready to go, and I think they'll get it done. Well, here's a surprise. I agree with you guys as well. That is a surprise. I damn sure thought you was going to pick the Vikings. <laughs> no, man. I, I, was, I thought I was going to be the, the odd guy out picking the Giants, man. But, uh, man, look, my – I got goosebumps on how good the Giants looked on Monday Night Football. They beat a good Washington Commander team. Uh, they needed that win, as Terrence said, and he got that one right. He nailed it, as a matter of fact, because he called the Giants to win that game. And uh, I think we went with the Commanders. I'm picking the Giants yeah. this time. I think they woke up. You know, maybe somebody 
you know, uh, what's the stuff they put on you, under your nose when you've been knocked out or whatever? And, and, and you know, like, they hurt and wake you back salt. up. That salt, that sniffing salt, they, they put it under the nose. Yeah, it, man. It just seems like Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley and company just woke up. I don't know how many fingers they were holding up, but they must have got it right and said, man, let's go. They got out of the funk. They snapped out of it. And I think they can go off that big win on Monday night. I think they can uh, carry that success over to Minnesota. It'll be nice and nice and warm and cozy inside that dome uh, in, uh, in Minnesota. And uh, I think they can get the win. They can get the steal, steal the victory. The Vikings got to watch out with their number two seed because the Niners are right there on their tails. They almost gave it up last week. They could still possibly do it this week. Uh, but we'll see. I'm taking the G-Men. Right on, right on. Moving on to another game again with some playoff implications. Uh, we've got the seven and seven Seattle Seahawks visiting the eleven and three Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are a ten point favorite at home. I find that to be an awfully big number. Um, big implications here. Obviously, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are still fighting for the number one seed in the AFC. They do have a tied record at eleven and three with the Buffalo Bills. The Bills still have the Bengals left on the schedule. Uh, not this not this week, but next week. Uh, the Chiefs only with the Broncos and Raiders after the Seahawks this week. So the Chiefs are in good position to try to go 3-0 and um, and, and try to be in a in position where they can still uh, be the number one seed in the conference. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, like I said, with, with the Bengals still left, that's a game they could potentially lose. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs to get it done. I don't know if I quite like the 10-point spread. I think the Seahawks will keep it closer than that. Um, very proud of Geno Smith. Seems that he probably earned himself some money here this season. Um, and certainly is a big opportunity if yeah. they were to get it done. Yeah. And he can earn himself, earn himself some money for next year. Uh, but I, I, I don't think he will. I, I think I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, maybe to win by a touchdown, but the 10 points seems a big bit much. Uh, I am actually going to roll with the Chiefs and going to roll with them in the route. Uh, we've got Jalen Hurts out on one side. You know where I'm going with this. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to make another uh, small run for the MVP, and uh, we'll see a, a traditional good old-fashioned Chiefs beat down. Uh, I don't want to put a number on the points, but uh, he's at this, what, what was the spread again? Ten. Ten? Yeah, uh-huh. they'll, they'll come. Yeah, they'll come. Yeah, yeah give me the Chiefs, because uh, I think they kind of had a, a couple of tough outings here recently. So uh, they got to get back to Chiefs football and kind of dominate a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of ran over Seattle. So give me the Chiefs of uh the Chiefs by a lot. I'll say by at least 15. I'm taking the Chiefs also, but I'm not taking the points. Uh, I, I'm scared of that. 10 points when they go that high, usually it doesn't happen. Uh, I just think they want people to bite on it. And uh, Terrence, it sounds like you're definitely going to eat the cheese. I hope you're right, though. I do. <laughs> but right. but I, I think they win. And it sounds like they could do it, but let's keep in mind the Seattle Seahawks defense might not be all of that, but they can still put up some points. And I see them still getting some touchdowns on the Chiefs defense. Um, this is the era, this is the time of the year where Steve Spagnola starts to crank it up. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, just when you think there's some old heads, they say, uh, uh, no, nope. we just been hibernating. So I, I, I'm going to take the Chiefs, but I'm not. I'm staying away from the points. Yeah, yeah, like I'm saying, man, the Seahawks, uh, I mentioned that they were the playoff implication for them as well. Um, they are currently, I guess, in, in eighth place in the NFC. So if uh, if Washington, as, as I'm going to predict, we're going to move to the next game here. If Washington does lose to the 49ers and the Seahawks win, uh, that would obviously catapult them above the uh, above the commanders and into that seventh seed. Uh, so moving on to that game that I just mentioned, 
the 7-6-1 Washington Commanders visiting the 10-4 San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are a six-and-a-half point favorite entering that game. Uh, obviously, it makes most sense to start with their fan on this show. So, Jarvis, uh, go ahead and surprise me at 7 that you're taking the Commanders to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to surprise you. I'm taking the Commanders to win this game. Um, Hell no. No, dead serious. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I do. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but this is this is this is me where I have to I have to stay real with myself and what I do here. Uh, let's keep in mind I always throw at you about the sevens. I always tell you when a team has done something seven consecutive times, cut it off. For the most part, that happens. Well, guess what, guys? The San Francisco 49ers are one seven straight. It may be coming to an end here. Uh, the Washington Commanders are a good defense coming off of a bad loss. Uh, some terrible calls uh, down in the, down the stretch on Monday Night Football. And the, the Washington Commanders have Chase Young coming back. This is when he makes his debut. Everybody comes back against the 49ers. I don't know if Chase Young is going to play the entire game. He may not even get the start. Ron Rivera is saying he will have 10 to 15 snaps. But that 10 to 15 snaps, depending on how the game looks, can turn into 20 to 25 snaps. And uh, Brock Purdy, we hadn't seen him get rattled yet. If this is a game where he may be a little rattled, although I don't think he's shaky at all and he's ready for whatever, he is about that life. I just think that at some point the turnovers will come, the you know, the turnovers will be forced, the things will happen because he tries to make a play. We have to understand that Brock is the guy who will take the shot when Garoppolo wouldn't. Sometimes you're going to turn the ball over, though. You have to take the good with the bad. There will be risks that you will take with that, but you still hope that you get the high reward. Uh, I hope the Niners win. I, uh, Lord knows I do. I think that the Niners could actually, like, not lose another game this year. That's the type of role I think they're on right now. However, because of the theories of Gematria that I go with, this is the reason why I'm going with Washington. I hope I'm wrong again because we beat the Rams eight straight times. That didn't end at seven. But most things do. Now, I'm going to say that with Chase Young coming back and they're coming out that pissed-off loss, they need this win more than us. We've already got the division on lock. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I just hope Pistol Purdy can come out of this game clean because he's still dealing with a rib injury that nobody's talking about. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to fall in line with Jarvis here, uh, and I'm actually going to go with the Commanders. I think that the Commanders can play some very, very tough football. Uh, they can make big plays here and there for uh, McLaurin down the field. And I think they make just enough of those to squeak out a last-second field goal win some kind of a way. Uh, it just kind of brings the 49ers back down to react. Because right now, they are rolling. And sometimes you need that. You need, kind of need that L to kind of keep your mind in the right direction. And they'll probably get that from the commanders. Well, like I said, can't play a tough game. By all, by all intents and purposes, this is a playoff game for the commanders. And sometimes in the back end of a season, you find a team who is already in playoff mode uh, versus a team who is still getting ready for the playoffs. And, you know, they can kind of sneak up on you. So I'm going to roll with the commanders just based on that, not based on the numbers that Jarvis are uh, going by. But I trust <laughs> those numbers because he's, he's typically, you know, he's, he's pretty spot on with those things a lot of the time. So uh, I'm putting both of those together and I'm taking the commanders. I find it wild that somebody that just told me that the Eagles aren't the best team top to bottom because the 49ers are would then turn around and pick those 49ers to lose to a 7-6-1 team. But that's just me. I'm going with the 49ers. 
Uh, oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold That's on. the same team that beat that, your Eagles. That team, that team beat your team. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's the only loss y'all got. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Honestly, I chalked that one up to exactly what you just said, T. Sometimes a team that's on a roll like that just needs one, just needs one L just to kind of yep. keep them down to earth, so to speak. Yep. That was the one that we took, and that's fine. Uh, I mean, Commanders on a, on a bad team, don't get me wrong, but – they're a team that the 49ers should be, just like they're a team that we should have beaten. We didn't. We see them again at the end of the year, provided that we actually play our starters the whole game. I would expect us to win that game. I don't think we will play our starters the whole game. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but that being said, I'm taking the 49ers. Uh, they're the better team. They're on a roll, as, as you both of you guys have mentioned. I don't see a reason for them to get off of it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not into the gematria in the way that Jarvis is, so uh, I'm rolling with the 49ers. And I think, for fun, I will also take the points. What is it, five and a half? Six and a half. Six and a half now? Dang. Mm. I wouldn't do that, Nick. But okay. Uh, Look, again. I saw a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen, of course. I hope you all know that. (laughs) I hope I'm wrong. Again, now, I think the Niners could not lose another football game this year. That very well could be the case. However, yeah, we could use a little rude awakening, and this could be it right here. Uh... We'll see. The, the, the commanders have a good defense. They're good on the back end also. Uh, but I'm not really so much worried about, um, you know, what our offense – I mean, I'm not really so much worried about um, us stopping them. Taylor Heineke, he, he'll give you one every now and then, but he make plays when he needs to. He will put together a good drive when he needs to. But uh, with them coming off of that loss and it's a week-to-week league, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But, again, I know we're the better team. We, we, we're, we're probably the best team in the league. From top to bottom, uh, as far as depth goes and all of that, and we're playing with our third quarterback, but we we definitely can slip up and lose that game. Uh, everybody wants to see the Niners and the Eagles in the playoff game, and I'm sure Nick would love to see it. I would love to see it. That's the very reason why I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, I told you what I think about Philly. I think that they are a one and done team in the postseason, or they're gonna go all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure which one they are. For some reason, I don't think there's any shades of gray in between, though. I think it's just gonna be that black or white. For those guys because they've been so good and usually when they have teams that good in the regular season they underachieve in the postseason every time look at green bay green bay had an mvp quarterback last year just like the eagles may have an mvp quarterback this year they're already planting the first seeds telling you that there's something wrong with his shoulder even though i don't know if there's a damn thing wrong with his shoulder to be honest with you what play did he get hurt you know i mean what now he didn't look all that but Hell, I've never seen him favoring his shoulder at all. And all of a sudden, he just came up strained on Monday or Tuesday. I mean, sprained. No, no, no. It, it was a situation. No, the, uh, the defensive lineman, actually, he, he definitely landed on him. Uh, it, was a, it was a tackle. He, he had made maybe an eight-yard eight yard run or so. And uh, on the tackle, he landed on, on the side of his throw, on his right side, on his throwing shoulder. And the, the uh, defensive tackle landed on top of him. And when he, when he landed, he kind of rolled over and just laid there for a second. And I was like, I was reading the tweet on online, and uh, the reporter was saying that Jordan Malata, who's the, the officer guard that picked him up, was standing over him and was like, "Hey man, you need to stay down." And Jalen, in no uncertain terms, told him, "Get me the fuck up," and then proceeded to go seven of eleven for over 100 yards, um, including a 68 yard to AJ Brown. So, you know that that's the guy that I saw that says to me that that said to me that I thought he would play this week, um, and like I said, left up to him. I think he would have. But like I said, the organization kind of stepped in and made that decision. So, um, you know, I, I'm still sticking with my guys being the, being the best in the league. 
uh, top to bottom. So we'll hopefully we get some evidence of that, get get to prove that uh, here come come playoff time. Okay. And with that, that concludes any NFL games of real interest uh, for this. Oh wait, we still got Terrence's Ravens to talk about. The five and nine Falcons visit the nine and five Ravens uh, at noon on Sunday. Ravens are a six and a half point favorite at home. Sunday or Saturday? How do you feel about that? Just beat the Falcons. I mean, it's seriously. Falcons are starting Desmond Ritter, by the way. Who? Yeah, exactly. Desmond Ritter. Yeah, just just beat the Falcons. He didn't look bad. He didn't look bad either last week. I didn't watch. I I saw him. I saw him. I just don't have confidence in the offense right now. And then they went out and signed. You know, I got excited because I saw Michael Thomas uh, tw- trending. And I clicked on him and I saw, you know, like Ravens beside him. It's like, wait a minute. But it's a different Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas I've never heard of, by the way. The plays receiver. That's who my Ravens signed this week. I didn't even see that. So I'm like, come on, y'all. Just, just, just give me something. Is 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 getting depressing. <laughs> it's getting a little bit depressing, honestly. Sammy Watkins. Uh, but listen, nine five. I think they. I think they signed Watkins on waivers, if I'm not mistaken. They did. Sammy Watkins. I did see that. Yeah. So, so like nine wins. Just get the ten wins. Get the ten wins and like split one of your last two. Get into the playoffs. And and, and it's just that simple. Like really, I. I, I I should be saying beat Cincinnati and win the division is what I should be saying. But I understand Cincinnati's on the roll right now, and they, they've got a very, very well-constructed team. Um, but beat Atlanta, win one of your last two, get in the playoffs, plain and simple. That's it. There are, there are no in-between. Where's that game, Terrence? Where's that game, Nick? The game is in Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll take They're in Baltimore this week and next week, and then they go to the Bengals to end the season. Yeah. And and the Bengals have uh, the Beatles somewhere in there. Um, next so, week? You know, they kind of played their cards just right, I think. Uh, we'll let Lamar heal up. But listen, and, and even and even to Lamar, like I, I've been, I think we've all been on Lamar's side in his, in his contract dispute and how they have, the lack of them putting talent around him. But Lamar, at some point, you got to come out and put your cape back on. Well, the fact that he has to put his cape on is the reason why I think he should be getting the hell out of Dodge. Um, he, he should be. But yeah. unfortunately, he's still there. Uh, us fans, even though I want him to get his money first. Let me just be clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are going to remain a Raven, come on, put your cape on, bro. Your cape, your cape is just over here like Dr. Strange's cape, just kind of swinging in the air for no reason. Like, come on, man, put your cape on. Who's the starting quarterback for this game? Because I think Huntley's questionable. Is he if he doesn't go, who who's going? I think Huntley's going. If if he if it's not him, it's uh I think it's Brett Huntley. If it's not Tyler. Brett Huntley. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's it looks Tyler like Huntley it could be. with a T and Brett Huntley with a D. Mm-hmm. That's wow. That's that's crazy. It is. It may be Huntley. It may be Huntley with the D, uh, from what I'm hearing. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, if, I think he's a third stringer, so I think he would be the guy if uh, if Tyler can't go. Okay. If if they have to go with that third quarterback, 
Man, give me the Falcons, uh, even in Baltimore. But if it's Huntley with the T, then, yeah, I'll say the Ravens should, should be able to get this win and maybe Lamar can come back after that. They're 10-5. and five. Everything is all right. If they lose this game at 9-6. That offense six, needs to uh, play Isaiah Likely more. Likely? Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, they've got to play Isaiah Likely. They, I think they, that offense me, is kind of dead in the waters. An added depth at, at, at uh, going downfield uh, when he's in the game. They've got to yeah. play Likely. I think that offense is hard to watch. I think it's dead in the waters. I think Greg Roman should be fired. The fact that he hasn't been fired is the reason why John Harbaugh should be fired. Uh, y'all know how I feel about the Ravens and their whole organization right now. I'm not not too happy with it at all. I actually hope the Ravens kind of lose this game and miss the playoffs some kind of way, just so everybody can just have a, a dumpster fire. I know that probably won't happen, but this happens too much with Harbaugh. Something good happens right at the nick of time to save his job. You know, right when he's on the hot seat or should be on the hot seat, I should say. He should have got fired in 2018. And then Lamar Jackson got the start because Flacco was bad. And, and then, you know, he saved his season and saved his job. Yeah, he pretty much had one foot out the door at that point. Yeah. And once again, he got saved again by the quarterback, saved by the bell. That bell was Lamar Jackson. And uh, look, if the Ravens can't get any wins without Lamar Jackson, that's the cape being on right there for me. Uh, I think Lamar should shut it down and not come back. Uh, that's what I think he should do. I don't give a damn what the record is. But, again, if he comes back, which he probably will, I've always said the Titans or the Ravens or the teams is going to make some noise. I wasn't sure on which one it would be. It still could be Baltimore. But with this whole Malik Willis thing, to me, it's interesting. Nobody sees it coming. That's why I'm going to go that route. Um, not just because I want to be the only one right and nobody else is going to say this. It's because I actually think it could happen because nobody thinks it will. But I think he could. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I'll go with the Baltimore if they're playing their number two quarterback. But, man, it just ain't looking good over there, man. Uh, that's the, the funniest looking weirdest nine and five team in the league, I, I would say. I don't know. Uh, what else you got, Nick? Are we now done with it? Oh, uh, that was another thing I was going to say. Uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah, let's take the time. The Raiders and Steelers are playing on, on Christmas night. Saturday night, and that is the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Everybody knows about that. It was very, 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, messed up that we lost Franco Harris. Uh, also, the uh, on, on Wednesday morning, uh, he was pronounced dead at 72, and we just want to take the time and uh, you know to give our, our our thoughts and prayers to him and his I mean, to his family. Our condolences. Uh, the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. They'll be celebrating it this weekend. In Pittsburgh, they will honor him. Mike Tomlin has already said that. But it's just crazy how this happened the same week of, you know, this this big game. And it is a kind of a still a big game for the Raiders and Steelers because they're not technically all the way out of the playoff uh, contention thing. But, again, just wanted to just say our condolences to, you know, all the, uh, the loved ones to Franco Harris, man. He had a great career. The Steelers, we know about all of the steel curtain and the dynasty things that they did in the 70s, and he was a part of that. Um that immaculate catch, and now 50 years later, here we go. I just wanted to get that out of the way about, you know, uh, Franco Rip uh, to Franco Harris. And uh, that Steelers-Raiders game, I don't know how exciting or good it'll be, but, yeah, that game we forgot to mention is on Saturday night also. All right, Nick, if we're done with the NFL, uh, I guess yep. we can. We'll call it a wrap on that and move on to Sunday, um, but not for the NFL, for the NBA. Oh, 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 no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. We forgot We forgot one of the best games of the week. I'm sorry. The Packers are going to Miami to play the Dolphins. That game is going to be kind of interesting. The Packers are on a roll 
and the Dolphins need a win. So I forgot to mention that one, Nick. I'm surprised you didn't see that. Am I? They are playing this week, right? Yeah, I saw it. I, I didn't think much of it, to be honest. I, I don't think the Packers are completely uh, technically eliminated yet, but they're not. I didn't have a lot of faith in in them. I got it. you. I got you. Okay. Well, we don't we don't have to we don't have to discuss it. Just Dolphins and Packers. Uh, on Sunday, I believe. I don't even uh, Saturday or Sunday. I think it's Sunday. But that's, that's, that's a noon game on set on uh, on Sunday. I'm sorry, it's a noon game on Sunday. Yeah, it is uh, Sunday in Miami. Dolphins are a four point favorite at home. I'm taking them to cover. Okay. I hope so, but I mean, I don't know. It's warm, man, and uh, after coming out of those frigid temperature weather on Monday Night Football, man, look, the Packers they may be. I don't know. They may actually pull up and pull the upset. They're starting to. They're starting to get some things to jail here. I know I said the Packers wouldn't make a run, but and I don't I don't take them serious. I don't take them more serious than Detroit either at this time. But man, that's a tough one, man. Uh, Tua needs a win though, so I, I'll roll with Miami. And 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 so if Green Bay loses this, they're completely done, right? They'll that'll put them at six and nine. I, six I think and that'll nine. do it for them, yeah. Okay, yeah, six and nine. Okay, man, that's the reason why I, I, I won't be surprised if Green Bay still wins, man. Um. Fuck it. I'll take Miami. The, I'll take Miami. At the, ten, at the ten spot. Yeah. In the NFC right now, behind uh, right behind Seattle and Detroit, who are both seven and seven. I guess I'll take Miami, man. But I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing it very reluctantly. Uh, yeah. Give me give, give me give me Miami. I guess. Uh, but okay. If we're done with football, uh, let's 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 talk about these slate of NBA games on Christmas Day. Uh, Nick, you can get started with that. I'm sure you are looking at it. Uh, so many games, but of course they're not all as interesting as they would have been uh, due to Steph Curry being injured. So the Grizzly Warrior game is not going to be as um, you know exciting. We we got some interesting news about John Morant too. Some things that he said about uh, who he's afraid of or not afraid of, but who he who he sees as a potential threat uh, in the West and the East. We'll talk about that. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I've got them up here. If you're ready, I got them up. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. the early game on Sunday uh, for the NBA is one I really didn't understand how it got scheduled in the first place, to be perfectly honest. But is the 18 and 12 Philadelphia 76ers visiting the surprising 18 and 14 uh, New York Knicks? Uh, the there is they do not have a spread out on this game. Uh, obviously, you got Joel and B playing well so far this year. Uh, averaged almost 33 points a game, uh, leading the 76ers in points and in rebounds, also averaging about 10 boards a game. Uh, so you definitely got to look forward to, to that, just seeing a superstar like that playing. And uh, with that, I'm taking the 76ers to beat the Knicks um, just because I don't have a lot of faith in the Knicks, and I don't really understand <laughs> how these two teams ended up on, on the slate for Christmas Day anyways. Uh, sorry, Terrence, I know, I know you don't like to hear me say that about your Knicks, but it is what it is. You feel the same way I feel. <laughs> man, the Knicks, man, the Knicks have been rolling. They have been rolling. Absolutely. Yeah, Which is why I want to roll with Philly. Which is why I want to roll with Philly. Because just when the Knicks they have me ready to cheer, cheer and celebrate, they all right, they go back to being my Paul bearer and get ready to let me down one more time. <laughs> so, no, nah, man, I want to roll with Philly. Uh, big game from Joel B. Joel B will drop 40 on Christmas Day. Hmm. Okay. Um. I, I look. Where is this game played? You said in Philly. No, it's in New York. It's in New York. Which is a home game for which is a home game for Philly. 
That's why I thought that because Madison Square Garden on Christmas. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm taking the Knicks, man. Damn that. I understand where you're coming from, T. I know when I know how it is. When you've been that bad, you expect them to continue to be bad until you don't see them be bad anymore. I get it. But they've been rolling. And um, I'm going with the Knicks at home on Christmas Day. Just a good – just feels like a good day for the Knicks to get a win on Christmas Day at home and, you know, cool the Sixers off a little bit. I think they're going to keep it rolling for now. Give me the Knicks. Heard that. Next up, you got uh, at 1.30, you have the 13-18 and 18 Los Angeles Lakers visiting the 16-16 and 16 Dallas Mavericks. Uh, again, that is in Dallas. Uh, Luka Doncic is obviously playing like an MVP candidate so far this year, also averaging just over 32 points, eight boards, and uh, right at nine assists on the season. Uh, I, I'm not betting against that guy. Luka, you know, I said Luka's been on the tear. Uh, I think he missed a game or two due to some. Uh, no, he, I'm sorry, he got put out of it. Yeah, kicked out of the game uh, a couple a couple games ago. Um, you know, him showing up in prime time here is, is something I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, particularly with a matchup against LeBron. I'm taking the Mavericks. I'm taking Luca. As just like uh, Terrence predicted, 40 points out of Joel Embiid. I'm I'm predicting 40 out of Luca. Uh, we got some we got some pointers running up and down. Man. You know what? You know what? This is going to be one of the most shocking things I've ever seen on this show. Oh, oh my god! Oh no! Oh no! No, well, Nick, you are on you are on par. There will be forty points scored in the game. Oh lord! It'll be LeBron though. Yeah. And I'm taking the Lakers on an upset. Wow. Okay, that is a, that 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 is a surprise here on the Great Debate Show. Terrence said something good about LeBron James and said that they were going to win. What the hell? It must be Christmas. It, it must is be Christmas. In and it is snowing in Memphis. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, yo, you guys have been talking to me about Luka Doncic for a few seasons now, and I've just refused to, to listen. And then I went ahead and had to buy down uh, last season after they did what they did to my, my boy CP3 and the Suns. So, man, I'm not betting against this guy anymore. He is who he is. I guess he is that guy. I guess he is that dude. And the more and more Nick says what he, the more and more I see him do what he do, it's like I guess it I guess Nick wasn't too far off when he compared him to Larry Bird. I thought he was crazy. I thought he needed to be drug tested. Uh, this guy's pretty good. The Lakers, you don't know who's going to start, who's going to play one night. Nobody's playing the next night. LeBron is It is Christmas day, but if LeBron's got this growing injury I'm hearing about and Father Time is really starting to kick his ass and it definitely has Done something to Anthony Davis, and now he's not even as old. I have far the time been been fighting him since he was twenty. Man, that's what it <laughs> seems like. And because of all of those things, without the, without him being in the lineup, I'm I'm, I'm rolling with Dallas. Uh, but but it would be a great game if Terrence is right. I, I would agree. All right, moving on to what I what is objectively the best game of the day. The 22 and 9 Milwaukee Bucks visit the 22 and 10 uh, reigning Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics. That is the four o'clock game on ESPN. Um, the Bucks have been on a tear lately. Ever since they got completely blown out by the Grizzlies uh, here, I think about five games or so ago. Um, and so I'm going to roll with the Bucks. Uh, you know, once again, another potential MVP here in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Averaging just short of 32 points and a little over 11 boards uh, on the season. Um, I, I, was, I know the Celtics, I think, recently got Robert Williams back. Um, looking here, the only people on the 
injury report are Giannis. Uh, he's day-to-day. Chris Middleton will not play in the game. He's out for that one. Aww. And uh, Marcus, Marcus Smart is also listed as day-to-day. Uh, I would lean towards thinking he'll probably play. Um, he's got a – it doesn't say what kind of injury he has. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going, with, I'm going with the Bucks to win that game. Hmm. Without Chris Middleton, man, I don't know. I'm going to have to roll with Boston. I was ready to pick Milwaukee, too. But um, I, I saw what this team was last season without Chris Middleton. Boston went to the finals. I think Boston doesn't get to the finals if Middleton is there for the Bucs. I have to roll with the you know with the C's yeah. here on this one. And, I, and, I, and I'm with you on that. Without Middleton, that team is still good, but not, not championship worthy, in my opinion. Uh, to me, they really need Middleton and somebody else to uh-huh. be. Like next next level, yep. they can still win a championship clearly uh, with just Chris Middleton and Giannis and and, and, uh, and Holiday. Uh, but if there's no if there's no uh, no Chris Middleton, I'm definitely going to roll with Boston in this because we've seen enough of that already. We have seen that story. Yeah. All right. I like it. I yeah. like it. Moving on to the game with obviously all the hometown interest, the 19 and 11. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies visit the 15 and 18 reigning NBA champion Golden State Warriors. Uh, I'm obviously going to take the Grizzlies on this game. Uh, Of course, we've got a got an interesting uh, comment, interesting little soundbite from John Morant leading into it. Uh, He had an interview with Malika Andrews in which she asked him, um, you know, who is the team that he looks across and see and sees that his Grizzlies are going to have to really go through in order to uh, in order to make it. Um, you know, in order to really be considered as, as one of the great teams in the league. And he said Boston. And uh, so then Malika followed him and asked him, nobody in the West? And Josh said, no, nah, I'm good in the West. Um, obviously, we know kind of the, the history with the with the Grizzlies and the Warriors and, you know, the epic playoff series that they had last year and some of the back and forth that they had on social media and, and in the traditional media as well. Uh, I'm looking to, obviously, with no Steph Curry, I'm looking at the Grizzlies to go out and, and, uh, and put one on the Warriors. They're pretty good. Yeah, they'll definitely put one on them. Uh, I don't have a problem with y'all's comments because that's what he's supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a what well, he, he and really, he really wasn't paying homage to Boston. But what he, what, he, what he was saying was, hey, somebody from the East got to be in the finals because that's what we're going to be. That's the team we we got to go to. So you know, he really in a in a way gave a very very confident. It wasn't arrogant in my opinion, but a very confident. But also a very political answer because at the time I think Boston was still number one in the East. So why not just take the, the quote unquote best team in the East and say, "Hey, we got to beat them mm-hmm. in the finals." Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it at all. I wish there were more people mm-hmm. with that amount of confidence uh, to come out and say that. But again, it was it was it was. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a response to a question that was with so much moxie and so much confidence. Uh, but also very, very political. He, he he walked the line real nice with that one. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you, T. And uh, I don't think it was arrogant at all. I think that's what he really believes. It's what he really thinks. Hell, I damn near think it, too. I've been wanting to put the Grizzlies in the finals uh, uh, for a minute here this season. They should but, be there. But, they should be there. But then, yeah, I think so. With, with the injuries, though, with Desmond Bain and then, you know, uh, still waiting on Jared Jackson to get back in full form. Well, he kind of is. Uh, it's just yeah, been a few people good. in and out of the lineup, so I'm like, eh, they're just gonna kind of try to keep this thing on cruise control, put it in cruise control until they get some guys back. But man, this is—I—I I, I agree with Ja with the Warriors playing in the way they've been playing, and now with Steph injured, I don't see who the who who the who the huge threat is in the West. Yeah, I know that 
uh, New Orleans is good and they're number one, and that is gonna they're gonna they're gonna have some some slobber knockers with the with the Pelicans this season, and if they and if they run into each other in the postseason, hey, I don't know. Um, we've only had one game so far that I can recall, and uh, the Pelicans got the best of them on that. But uh, Jared Jackson wasn't back at the time. I uh, don't believe Desmond Bain was available either for that. Yeah, he, yeah, yes, he was. But they weren't completely at full strength in that game. Somebody didn't play. But anyway, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies, of course. And I agree with what Josh said. And I think that they very well could win the West. I just hate that he said it out loud because now this definitely fires a spark uh, under, you know, other teams, you know, like the Denver Nuggets, the uh, – New Orleans Pelicans and whoever else that is in the top five in the Western Conference. But uh, yes, I love what he said. And uh, hey, man, that's that's the type of confidence you got to have. And I think everybody really feeds off of that and they buy into what Jai's doing. And how can you not, you know, rally from behind him when he shows you what he shows you and he does what he does and the energy that he brings to the team um, and real big for the city, man. Uh, yep. But that's all I got on that. Um, one, one other thing to mention from that for that game, uh, before that game uh, happens on, on Sunday, the Grizzlies uh, do play the Phoenix Suns uh, on on tomorrow night, on twenty third, and Desmond Bain has been upgraded to questionable for that game. Oh. Which generally means that he'll probably play a little bit of that game, and then uh, be ready to go for Golden State on Sunday. So. Okay. There's another uh, another nice nugget there for Grizzlies fans. Man, I'm a huge Desmond Bain fan, man. That is a guy who has a lot of money uh, in his future coming his way oh, yeah. if he keeps doing what he's doing, man. I don't know how people want to call him or rule him, but he fits just perfectly what they're doing in Memphis. But he's like this bigger, thicker version of Klay Thompson where he can defend a little bit better than what people give him credit for. I wouldn't say he is Klay on defense, but he ain't bad. But the what he can do on his shooting – he can put the ball down also and get to the rack better than Clay did. So, man, this is interesting, and this is an interesting team in Memphis. And the one team that I fear is the Pelicans, though, because they are what we said that they mm-hmm. – what we thought that they would be. And that's who I think is going to come down to during the stretch. Western Conference Finals, maybe Memphis, New Orleans, if Golden State and Phoenix can't get it together. Uh, and I don't think they will. Uh, again, that window is just damn near damn about to close on Phoenix. But I will be looking at that game to see how Phoenix and Memphis match up because I haven't saw those two this season. So uh, appreciate that, that that little tidbit there, Nick. Yeah, yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a nice little cluster at the top of the West right now. Yeah. Uh, Denver, and, Denver and Memphis both are both uh, tied at 19 and 11. The Pelicans are 19 and 12, and Phoenix is 19 and 13. And quietly, the Los Angeles Clippers are 19 and 14. That Very is quietly. quietly. That is, yeah, that is quietly. Uh, we while didn't still manage. While still managing loads over there. Yeah, right. yeah. That the, the Denver Nuggets beat the Grizzlies too a few nights ago. So I just want to, you know, we don't. We're not sleeping on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we know what they bring to the table and Jokic and company. We know how good they are. Uh, I also want to take this time to give some flowers to Chris Middleton. We all agreed that the Bucks are uh, a better team when they have him on the floor. So we have to recognize recognize that, and I think that. I think Chris Middleton should come back hitting him with the Roman Reigns. Y'all need to acknowledge me. <laughs> Just thought I would say that. Chris Middleton is more important than what we a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah. Heard that. Yeah. And last but not least, the night game on Christmas night, the 19 and 13 Phoenix Suns visit the 19 and 11 Denver Nuggets, uh, featuring, of course, reigning back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic. 
and Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, for that game, I'm going to roll with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they're playing very well as of late. Don't see a reason for that to stop on Sunday. Uh, Phoenix, like I said, has a surprisingly good record at 19-13, and 13, right there near the top of the West, considering all the turmoil that they've had in the offseason and even a little bit here in the regular season. Um, Tick with DeAndre Aiden and, and Monty Williams apparently not seeing eye to eye. Uh, so I'm going to roll, roll with Denver. I don't think DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden has a chance in hell of really being a good matchup for Jokic. Um, so look for another big game from him uh, in prime time as well. Well, T, I, I, T, we hear you and we don't hear you. We hear yeah, you. It's, and we don't it's hear real you. low over there. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Barely. See if we can get T right in the meantime. Um, How about now? That's that. There we go. Okay. Now, what I was saying was Nikola Jokic is uh, possibly playing the best basketball of his life right now. And I know that's hard to say for somebody that's won back-to-back MVPs, but my goodness, the, the role that guy's been on uh, as of late is just crazy. So I'm going to roll with Denver in that game just because I think that continues for uh, Jokic. Okay. Uh, Jokic has been balling, as I said. Once again, they just beat the Grizzlies the other night. Um, who are they playing again? Uh, Phoenix. I, I don't yep. know. I don't know if Devin Booker is back or not. But if he's not, and he, I didn't hear you say anything about Aiden. Is he in the lineup or is he out? I don't. I'm not uh, sure. Aiden is playing. Okay, Aiden is playing. Well, Cam Johnson still isn't back. This team has been. They've been struggling without him, and Booker's been in and out of the lineup as well. Got to give some flowers to Cam Johnson. Some of these guys on the wing, what they do has been very important. And when they're not there, you can see their you can see, you know, their absence felt. And I think that uh, the Nuggets get that win also uh, without Booker, if he's not playing. Now, if Booker's playing, man, give me Phoenix. Because he'll still take that. He can put the team on his back at any time against some of these teams. Unless it's just, you know, unless he has to deal with a, a Jason Tatum or um, uh, I guess I could say Clay Thompson. They, they got a little chippy. I guess he'll still do the best he can on him, but. A lot of people can't really do anything with Booker when he got his mind set on scoring. So uh, it just depends on if Booker's playing or not. I know he's been in and out of the lineup, so I'll go with Denver if he's out. If he's in the lineup, I'll go with the Suns. Good basketball stuff. That's good. I think we're done, though. Are we? Yep, that wraps it up. Okay. Uh, A lot of people are starting to compare John Morant to Allen Iverson. Do you guys agree with that? No. Okay. That was a good quick answer. Why not? Okay, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think that they play alike. That's why. <laughs> I think John Morant plays a lot more like uh, Derrick Rose, a lot a lot more like Westbrook in the sense that he's got these explosiveness is, is, is off the charts. Uh, to me, Allen Iverson doesn't get the credit for being a uh, the calculated scorer that he was. I don't think, I think John Morant is, is one hell of a player. And, I, and I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I just don't think that they really play alike. So I don't really get the comparison. Uh, again, I think John Morant is more along the lines of a Derrick Rose, more along the lines of a John Wall, uh, Russell Westbrook, those types of guys. Never really saw him and Alan Iverson playing this 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'll agree with you that it, the the basketball comparison for the two of them is limited. Um, but I, I think the comparison for them is more so an attitude and, and a culture impact uh, comparison. Obviously, I'm not saying that John Morant's impact is as big as, as what Allen Iverson's was. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the attitude, the swagger, the tattoos, the, you know, the kind of, you know, fuck it attitude they kind of both bring to the game. Not necessarily saying they don't care about the game, but just kind of the they're, they're, they're very freewheeling. You know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And, uh, you know, the guys around them just kind of fall in line. So I, I see the comparison. I think I've heard uh, Jawa. I remember I think when he, when he won Rookie of the Year, whatever the case was, um, you know, there was kind of some moments on social media and things of that nature between him and AI, which I, I definitely appreciated seeing. Um, you know, of course, grew up a Kobe fan, but there's always a, a mutual respect between Kobe fans and AI fans. So I, uh, I like I like seeing, you know, AI still being involved with the newer generation of players, particularly guys that I'm also a fan of. And John Morant's definitely one of those. So um, from that standpoint, I definitely get the comparisons. But I do agree that that, that the actual on court comparison is is limited. Uh, Allen Iverson is much more of the of the uh, mercurial score. Um, and John Moran certainly can put it in the bucket, but he he's more he's certainly more point guard than Allen Iverson ever was. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Allen Iverson he was he was really never a point guard. He was a two guard. He was he was Very a short two guard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he was. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he was, and he was listed as that also. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I agree. I'm kind of with T man. Their games aren't similar at all to me. He is more Derrick Rose slash Russell Westbrook. Just uh just a little better in my opinion, and hopefully. He's gonna be uh, a lot, a lot more durable, also than those guys were. Well, well, Westbrook he is, but Rose wasn't, of course. Uh, so I, well, I, I did, you, did I just, you say he's better than look, Derrick Rose? No, yeah, yeah, I, I'm saying that. I think I am. Uh, I, I think that he will be if he's not already. Yeah, uh, I I, but I'm, but I'm just talking about their their actual game, the way they play. You know, just the the relentless energy on how they get to the rim and how they, you know, they're real rough and hard on their legs. And hopefully, you know, the wear and tear doesn't catch up to him. But I just, Allen Iverson was more of a, I'm going to just shoot. I know I'm in a slump, but I'm going to shoot me. I'm going to shoot myself out of this slump. And he would get he to the rim. He shots if he had to. Yeah, and he would get to the rim. But him getting to the rim and that in that stage, uh, in that era of basketball, it hurt him a lot more than it helped him in his career because he just, you know, just the, the physical punishment that he took trying to get to the rim and slash when he was undersized to do so. Now, these days, Ja Morant getting to the rim is, well, you guys see it. Yeah, he makes it look easy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I don't see the comparisons either as far as their play. Now, with Nick, I got you on the look. They got the look, but that's about it, not the play, not the not their game. Uh, that's all I got, though, for the most part. Uh, I think that's pretty much uh, it uh, for the show. A good one again. Uh, I think I'll be back, or we'll be back, me and T, with a wrestling episode to break down this week. So much uh, wrestling news to talk about as far as uh, Sasha Banks or uh, Mercedes Varnardo and where she could be going January 4th, her day, uh, January 7th, I mean, at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, there's a lot of things in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, some things about Naomi. There's some things about uh, some more things about Mandy Rose. Maybe going to Impact or AEW, Soraya, who's going to be her partner. Uh, a new look for AEW, new production. They brought in a new guy to take over. So there's some good things that could be happening. CM Punk is actually teasing uh, uh, AEW return. We don't know if he's leaving or staying. Who knows? The Elite could be leaving for the WWE when their contracts is up. This tells me that Punk probably isn't going anywhere. 
would Omega really consider going to the WWE? Cody may play a part to that. We'll see. And why is Cody and Seth Rollins going to still have a feud when Cody comes back? That's the rumor. Is Triple H about to try to bury Cody Rhodes? We're going to find out. T, we got to talk about all of this stuff, man. So, so much to, to to talk about with the wrestling news. I think we're going to be back with that before Christmas here so we can wrap it up. Rampage is going to get a new look. Uh, we had a uh, interesting debate on Twitter today. Who was the what's the best wrestling show? And SmackDown won by a landslide, but other came in second. I had Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, or other as far as your best shows. And I don't know if they're going with Impact new japan whatever it whatever indie promotion that they're watching but they chose other over AEW dynamite and raw but of course smackdown came in and won so that was interesting and uh just so much to get into and talk about and again has the wwe failed bray wyatt he's came back but i mean like yeah he got the pop and now all that's over i would love to hear terrence's take on if they're doing right with it, if they're if they're if they're moving in the right direction, and if they're going fast enough with it, uh, if they're taking too long, just I would just like to you know hear your thoughts, T, on that as well. Uh, and other than that, though, man, that's all I have. It's been a great show. Uh, can't wait to see what's gonna happen with uh with Philly Gardner Minshew, baby. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Dick. Uh, do y'all got it? <laughs> do y'all got anything? No, that's it for me, man. Just uh, beat the Falcons. That's it. Beat the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. It's you, I, I. I don't know, man. That kind of you sound like you're a little nervous, T. I mean, I understand you don't have your quarterback. You know, I, I, I get I'm, it, I'm, 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 I'm more bothered than I am nervous I got because you. we shouldn't be in this situation. I got you. Yep, I hear you. All right. Mm. Maybe y'all should swap Harbaugh's. I don't know. Maybe, maybe y'all should get the other Harbaugh. Maybe y'all the one that should do it. I don't know. I don't like John Harbaugh. I'm sorry. What is he doing? What does he do? Damn it, what does he do? Oh, Marcus Peters is out. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Calais Campbell is out. I'm looking at that stuff right now at the bottom of the screen. I think the Falcons may win this game, man. I I, I know you, need, you could use this win, but, man, I don't know. The Falcons are still not quite out of the – the NFC South thing either at five, even at five and nine, just because of the how bad the Buccaneers and the the Panthers are. So I don't know, man. That's a lot of people out on defense. So Ritter didn't look bad. He still got London. Uh, and I don't know. We'll see. The Jacksonville Jaguars have Kevin Ridley coming back next year too. We forgot all about that. You know that that quiet trade that people were like, how do you trade mm-hmm. for somebody that's suspended? You know, like, nobody's thinking about it because he's suspended. But when he comes back, he will be putting on a Jaguar uniform. The Jaguars are already starting to light it up. Can you imagine how much better they could be with Ridley joining the joining the team also? Uh, yeah, that potential look pretty nice. It does. It does. NTN in the backfield starting to get his thing going and, and, and play action. And, yeah, Zay Jones starting to – yeah, yeah, that could be – Pretty dangerous, really, coming up, going up the seam or something like, or just running a go route outside or inside. I could see some things there. They could be as very dangerous. As long as he's not point shaving. As long as he's not point shaving, that's right. They could be dangerous. Uh, I just think that, at least I hope they save it for next year because I want to be right about this whole Malik Willis thing. I really does think that. I really do think that kid has what it takes. It's just going to take some time for everybody to see it. But, hey, we're about to find out. Here we go. All right, so uh, real fast. Yeah, hell yeah, real fast, uh, or real quick. 
in the words of Drake. All right, so that's that's pretty much all I got, ladies and gentlemen. Again, it's about that time. I hope everybody enjoy their Friday. It's almost Christmas Eve. Just 24 hours away from it on Saturday, and then we got a good slate of games, and then the basketball games on Sunday, a few football games also on Christmas Day Sunday. So uh, enjoy it. And, uh, man, if you got your eggnog or some hot chocolate or whatever, it's going to be a frigid, frigid uh, Christmas weekend. So everybody uh, bundle up and be safe. This is one weekend where the violence may go down a little bit because this is one time where (laughs) I hate to say it is too cold to be doing some of the things that they usually have to do it because they too damn cold to do it. Uh, uh, But once it gets back over 32, watch out, watch out. It's all back to normal again. (laughs) That's all I got. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope everybody uh, enjoys their holidays. Happy holidays once again. And again, man, y'all be safe out there. And if you decide to, you know, like drop anything in Jarvis, Terrence, or Nick Ely's stocking, you know, got the cash app available for the Great Debate Show, Jarvis4949. Don't forget the dollar sign. And Nick and and, and, and Terrence, they've got theirs if they want to throw it out there. (laughs) Merry Christmas, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you for listening, though, to us. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us right now, and we appreciate it. It's the good guys. Another year uh, about to um, about to uh, be gone, and that's 2022. All right. Safe and happy holiday weekend, everybody. Uh, stay out of trouble. Be careful on the icy roads. Enjoy your families. We'll holler at you next week. Absolutely. Peace out, guys. Peace. Bye and bye.